Hello and welcome back to Free Reeling. I am one of your hosts, Jesse, and with these days, your other host, Matthew. Say hi, Matthew. Hi, Matthew. And with us is the reason for this holiday season, Grace. Grace Benfa, how are you doing, Grace? <laughs> That's yeah. Thank you. I was like, I, um, I could write out all the things Grace does, but I would take too long. I'm just gonna say, Grace is the reason for the, the season. reason for the season. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Seconded. <laughs> it has been written, yeah. so it shall be done. <laughs> yeah, hi, I'm Grace. I was on the show earlier. It feels like that. You, you were. Not, not too long ago for uh, Babette's Feast. Yeah. Yes. Um, and now we're now we, we watched, a, I think, te- technically a Protestant film. And so now we watched two Catholic-ass movies. Yeah, it's, um, it's very interesting, the, the, the roller coaster I've been put through this last week. <laughs> it's also i i feel like watching silence and then last temptation is also like a way to do it <laughs> watching them in that order or watching them uh, you're watching them in that order yeah um, yeah that yeah. makes sense yeah oh, i can well, see that I, someone didn't tell me that part of the assignment <laughs> <laughs> well don't, don't worry about it that was just i think that was just how jesse happened to you know because i'm like i'm like i mean i i'm skipping a bunch of scorsese obviously but like I watched Last Temptation. I was like, oh, then I'll watch Silence because, you know, that's the one that he made after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what's funny is I watched, uh, I was going to watch uh, Last Temptation on, I think it was on Stars. And then, like, the first rolled around, it's like, it's not on there anymore. It's on Tubi. I'm like, okay, I'll watch it on Tubi. But Tubi has ads. Um, oh. So, like, it's really funny how, like, interspliced between pretty serious moments is like, how about these new wings from Apple <laughs> played with like that's... the most generic fallout boy song in the background oh that's a that's a nightmare <laughs> i got a real experience a real cinema okay experience. you can uh you can bleep the sound the edit if necessary but you should just torrent <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah i was mostly trying to like watch it wouldn't that be working, a yahoo so, like... anime rules apply thing yeah yeah <laughs> totally yeah i'm not i mean I, i'm not gonna say where yeah you know i'm not gonna i i could later i could dm you if, if i had if i had more time i probably would have done that i was mostly trying to get <laughs> I, I might edit this out later myself uh, i was trying to watch it while i was working so i was like this is the easiest to do it on my phone yeah no, that's fair i listen oh, yeah there, i we i was like let's watch two two and a half hour movies for this show and i see both I, of them I suggested the second one so i'm like hey yeah, we do that's both? fair and uh, you know, and I I didn't watch them again because I was like I've seen Last Temptation twice this year. I watched Silence like a month ago. I'm probably good. <laughs> so you know, so I put you two through through. Well, and time. then I thought it was Ingmar Bergman's The Silence, not Martin Scorsese's <laughs> Silence. So I was bracing myself for one faith-based drama and got something completely different it's in <laughs> it's in english and in color <laughs> so, yeah yeah those colors are green and blue by the way um uh, there was sand on those beaches there was some sand on those beaches <laughs> yes which one do we want to dive into first because either one of them is going to take a minute to get through yeah, yeah uh i guess i we could do last impatient first sure um um you want to take you want to take it off the top, Grace, or you want one of us to? Yeah, sure. I mean, I can I can summarize quickly. Yeah. Although, sure. like, yeah. So so basically, um, very broadly, Last Temptation is an adaptation of the Gospels. It's based on a novel. Um, 
but it's like has a bunch of the stuff that's you know it has the sermon on the mount and Mm -hmm. and christ gathering the apostles you know saying you'll become fishers of men has like you know him turning water into wine at the wedding and stuff um there's a three miracles lazarus raising lazarus raising yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and and uh crucifixion and resurrection or like all in the movie um the big thing that so the start of the movie is sort of jesus struggling with and trying i mean the whole movie is kind of this but like the beginning is him being like god wants to talk to me but i don't want to talk to him and so i'm rebelling against god and so he like constructs he's a carpenter who makes um crosses for the romans Mm um and then he um you know and then he kind of goes in the desert right and has sort of the spiritual awakening and comes out and begins like the ministry proper but the whole time it's kind of like i don't know exactly what i want to do and you know sometimes he'll preach love and then he'll you know because there's also sort of this subtext of revolution that's going on against Mm -hmm. sort of imperialism or against an empire right that the romans are occupying israel right Mm -hmm. and need to be like violently forced out and that's judas is kind of this you know revolutionary firebrand right who sides with jesus but is like i you know like i'm here it's it's a political mission right um and then he realizes that what he has to do is be crucified that that's the mission right is like the atonement right the you know suffering and dying to overcome death and that it's you know a different kind of thing it's it's overcoming rome sure but in a very different way right um and so he does that and he's on the cross and an angel appears and tells him, Hey, it's cool. You did, you did the thing. And now you can go like get married and, and live like a normal life. You don't need to like suffer and die. Mm-hmm. Um, so the movie goes through and it's like him getting married, getting remarried after Mary Magdalene, his first wife dies. And, and then, you know, by the end, Israel is being slaughtered by the romans right and jesus is dying and judas visits him on his deathbed and it's like you broke the promise that you you know so basically i guess this is also a major change is that judas is a a direct collaborator with jesus right he turns him Mm -hmm. into the romans on jesus's orders right and um and then sort of confronts him and jesus prays and wants to go back and it flashes him back to the crucifixion and he says, shouts, it is accomplished, and dies. And then the movie uh, fades to white, and that's the resurrection. That's it. That's mm-hmm. that's the film. Um, um, yeah. I, I would like to start one place. Yeah. And that is, as much as I uh, appreciate the forefront of Judas in this movie, and kind of the relationship that they replaced Peter with Judas in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, Harvey Keitel was a little, <laughs> a little, little off. <laughs> he, I, I think that's actually like, th- this is a thing that I find like legitimately really charming about it is it's like filmed in Morocco, but it's like yes. all these guys from New York. Yeah. There's a lot of And so, so like, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting this, the actor, the guy who plays Paul. Harry um, Dean Stanton. Yes, yes. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. You know, who's who's great, who I really like, but he's such a, like, you know, he's like, hey, I'm Paul, I'm talking about Jesus. (laughs) I'm on the road to Damascus here. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, we are not 
that far we are we are what 32 years and change or 33 years and change from this movie and there's no way this movie could be made this way today yeah this i way. do think, I think well i mean i think again. i guess i do want to add a caveat to that in that this movie was made again and infinitely more offensively in Passion oh, really? of Christ. Right? Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> but, um, but yes, it's true that like, and I think this is something, you know, Jesus was not a white man. It was not Willem Dafoe. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. Like, I kind of forgot it was Willem Dafoe halfway through. <laughs> yeah, he's incredible. He, he yeah, really Willem Dafoe is amazing yeah. in yeah. this movie. So I, you know, so the thing is, I, I think, um, I, I, yeah, we should just foreground that, 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 like, by nature, there is some weird racial stuff happening, right? Because oh, yeah. the cast is entirely white. Um, Har- Harvey Kettleman is the Judas guy, like, has you know, yeah. red uh-huh. hair. Yeah. <laughs> very, red. very red. Wild. You know, yeah. So it's like, in terms of like, oh, and I guess also, I, I forgot that there's a Mary Magdalene movie and uh, that came out. A couple Walking years Phoenix ago, Jesus. yeah, Walking Phoenix is Jesus, right? And so, not too long ago was Three Days in the Desert with um, Obi Wan as Jesus. Yes, with E. McGregor. Yeah. So, like, I, this is a pretty common thing, you know. Yeah. So, I guess it's you know, so it's not like it, this movie's the only problem. And there's fairly recent examples of people making movies about Jesus and casting him as a white guy. Yes. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not trying to. Dis- I'm not trying to say that that's not a thing anymore. I'm just, yes. No. Saying, no. No. I got you. I'm just. I'm just saying. Regardless poor choice (laughs) (laughs) yeah well the thing is i think we'll we'll get to this when we get to silence which i think is really interesting because you know there's also there is a 1971 um japanese version Mm -hmm. of silence um that i haven't seen and i would really like to because it's 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 like 40 minutes shorter it's like two hours Mm. and i just feel like that instantly you were doing something very different Right, you know. Grace Grace just inviting herself back. I like this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Silent, silent, double feature. There's Um, so there's so much we could talk about, and it's really. And I don't want to dominate too much on my side because no, go ahead. Um, what's funny is I've been like secretly debating this movie with my parents, who are both very religious. My dad's a pastor. He's been pastor for almost my entire life. Yeah. Um, and it's very interesting to see my dad, who's very much like only religious stuff. And my mom, who's very, very, and I'm, I might be quieter right now because they can maybe hear me and they don't want to watch <laughs> the movie. So yeah. um, my mom's very much raised like art stuff, but is also raised very religious. So me and my mom had a very interesting discussion of like this historical fiction. What if we treated it as historical fiction? If we believe everything is true about Jesus, then why don't we treat it as historical fiction and, and explore? Because that's what historical fiction does. It explores these real life people in different ways right yeah for sure and and like she could kind of see that but my dad nothing but what was so funny is i i watched the first hour and 20 minutes yesterday and then i went to the theaters and watched um the there i don't know if you you know this grace there's a tv show out there right now called the chosen uh oh is this based on the kaim potok novel or no okay. uh, it's just based off the bible <laughs> um oh oh gotcha yeah (laughs) um and it's made by dallas jenkins who is a man who is the son of jerry b jenkins which i don't know if you know who that is it's ringing a bell for me but um let me me make sure i get this right before i say something wrong 
<laughs> but Jerry B. Jenkins is a writer who's based whose favorite famous novel is he co-wrote Left Behind, which is an oh, right, problematic right, right. thing okay. in itself. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, um, wow. But however, uh his son is like trying to make a, as accurate as he can rendition of the story of Jesus in like seven seasons of a TV show. Um, and the guy who plays Jesus is half Egyptian, half Irish. Um, and like okay, a lot of these, yeah. and, and a lot of these, and it's a lot of like, it's a lot of diverse casting. There's very few white people in this thing. He's a very white man who's making it, but still. Um, and they're filming in Texas mostly. Like that's like this is what this is what happens when you have a small budget. But overall, right, like yeah. I, I find myself very like engrossed into how he's portraying everything and how he's writing everything. So what's so funny is I'm watching this movie. I have to stop halfway through, and then I have to go watch the Birth of Christ in a most like the the one of the most church sensitive but still pretty graphic like authentic right. renditions of this <laughs> and then come back and yeah. finish this and it was very interesting to get that whiplash because i'm still dealing with some of the stuff i struggle with um but then also like seeing like oh this is how you can do this really authentically though at the same time and then coming back to this like this is an interesting exploration man harvey Keitel has really red hair <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah, for sure. Well, this is the bad lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, he kind of, he kind of is. That, oh God, I. The thing is, sorry, I don't want to get too off track because I want to address what you're saying, Jesse. Oh yeah, no problem. Because I do, I do. We'll put a pin in the intense homoeroticism of this movie. Oh yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. I, I mean, I think the thing is that something that I think is important to foreground about. So I agree. First of all, like I think the religious controversy about this movie both makes sense. It was mm -hmm. like boycotted and stuff um, back in the eighties, and also Scorsese had a really hard time making it. It was uh, a you know he wanted to make it like four or five years earlier with a different cast, and the the studio shut it down and stuff. And so you know, um, but it's also like very unambiguously a movie where Jesus is divine and dies on the cross as yeah. the savior of mankind, right? Like it's not a movie about that not happening. <laughs> or, you know. It's funny is I think there's a um, lot of like the incendiary things of this movie, which I understand why they're incendiary and I understand why they still can come across incendiary to some people yeah. are taken vastly out of the context of what, what the movie's doing though. For sure, yeah. And I think that's one of the issues. Right, well, I, th I think that's sort of the thing is that people... Um, and I understand how this happens. And in some ways I've been guilty of this throughout my life, but like people are more concerned about the, I guess this is sort of what I'm saying is that like something that's authentic has a place alongside something mm -hmm. that is like more abstracted. Right. Yeah. And this is the thing is like, people get hooked up on like, Oh, well, Jesus was not a sinner. Yeah. Right? Cause this, exactly. cause in the movie, like Jesus is, he be sinning yeah oh man <laughs> you know <laughs> oh man <laughs> you know he's like the opening of the movie he's kind of a bad guy right i mean it's and not like, it's not physically or directly it's indirectly and emotionally like yes internally, yeah the whole time. well when there's he's also not, it's sort of um you know he goes to see barry magdalene at you know because she's a she's a prostitute like at mm -hmm. her place of work um oh. and is basically like I'm sorry that I treat you really poorly. And she's like, fuck off. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and so there's sort of, there's yeah. like, there's a lot of sort of subtext that like he went through a lot of growing pains and was like trying to figure out 
who he was and what it meant to be who he was right yeah. and that came with it all the foibles and problems of like every other person right and you know i don't think scorsese is like and this is what happened to jesus this is the theological statement yeah, no, i'm making I don't think so about either. like what jesus really was right um mm-hmm. but people do like get hooked up on that in a way that like you know and then also that stuff obviously gets tight because there was you know there was really anti-Semitic stuff about like, oh, this movie's attached to Jewish money and the producer yeah. is Jewish and, you know, that kind of stuff, right? Which is obviously yeah. horrible, you know, so. Yeah. Matthew, I want to let you talk a bit before I keep going myself. Yeah. Um, actually, I was kind of, I was just invigorated. So, uh, <laughs> so like, uh, I don't really have any of the uh, ancillary information that either of you will have to go with this movie mm-hmm. i just i just have my own experience with it and i'll just i'll just say that when i first watched this movie i was still living in iowa i was in my parents house as i was like saving money to move here uh to where i live now in philly and i was watching this movie and my mom comes in and she's like what are you watching i go i'm watching the last temptation of christ She's like, The Last Temptation of Christ? I'm like, yeah. I go, Willem Dafoe is Jesus. She's like, isn't that the movie that was like banned and <laughs> and like controversial? I'm like, based on what I've seen in these first 45 minutes, probably. Because, <laughs> because in this ultimately, like, and and this this is also with my own while I have read the Bible twice, I still don't consider myself very familiar with it, despite all that. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, But this is also portraying Jesus as a man. Yeah. Rather than, I mean, the the son of God is there as well. The son of God aspects of Jesus are there as well, but he was also a person living in a time of men. And, and like at the beginning, I'm like at the beginning of this movie, he's basically just out trying to make a buck. He's trying to survive. Yeah. And you know, and and Judas is the one going. You are using that to kill your people. Yeah. <laughs> like you are, you are, you are making money off the blood of your people. And and I found myself, I found just like that early interaction way back in like 2001. I'm sitting here going, holy crap. Like, I, I mean, and I'm not trying to say I'm like Jesus by this, but here, everybody has every the the conflict with where I was at in my time, where I still sort of am sometimes, like existed in the Son of God, and that's relatable as all hell. And I'm like, wait a minute, now this is actually something that brings me to Scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than repels me away because most of it, like you're, you know, you're, if you go to, if you go to church with any regularity and I'm not speaking to anybody's experience other than my own, it felt like it always felt like to me, they were cherry picking what they wanted to say to, um, it's it's like, it's like, it's like a good marketing pitch. They, they cherry pick what they want to say. So it makes you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they, I mean, and, and and it's really funny when I would talk to my dad about this film after watching it, who he grew up in a more religious 
uh, environment than my mother did. But he was he would be the one that was like, I'll say the hipster religious person. Like he liked Catholicism when it was in Latin. He didn't <laughs> like that they stopped speaking Latin. Like that was a big sticking point for him. But then when you talk about, when you actually try and have like a, a stronger religious discussion, he it becomes it becomes like it be, he he becomes an actual paper tiger. He he his arguments just sort of fall really really flat. They're really superficial, and if you ask him the tough question, he walks away. Um, and and my fact and what this movie does for me is it puts those tough questions kind of front and center. Yeah, mm-hmm. and ultimately, I think the picture of of Jesus that I have at the end of it is stronger than any scripture has given me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, and I think that that's also very subjective. It's a very subjective yeah. thing. But I mean, I will say you're not the only person that I have watched this movie with that has felt that way about it. Okay. So, okay. you know, so like I, yeah, I think that's a very reasonable response to it. Right. And, and, and I also, I, I also, uh, I also like, how Jesus is also asking, everyone's asking of Jesus the questions that we always ask of anybody uh, in, in of religious rank. Like, what's God's plan? And Jesus is going, man, I don't know. He only tells me so much at a time. Yeah. And he, only te- he only tells me what I need to know. And I never get the context. But right now I feel this and I feel like this makes sense. And then you get to a point where it's like the, the, the bubble's about to burst and he's like, Nope, this isn't the way. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel like that is something that uh, people who look at religion from a very armchair quarterback sort of way, <laughs> uh, get really frustrated with, but I also think they don't understand that that's kind of the meaning of faith. Yeah. Well, I think there, there's sort of, I mean, I think it's kind of interesting. There's almost a like dialectical way the movie operates, right? That it's okay. like, I mean, just that like Jesus is swinging between poles of like, you know, um, politics and you know religion and god and man and stuff right Mm -hmm. and the whole movie is about like negotiating the like very fluid and arbitrary boundaries between those things Mm -hmm. right and i i think the thing that it manages i think is really cool um although like i like yeah i don't there's some i think there's something interesting you could read it as a political text that's sort of anti-revolutionary and i don't think that's very generous but i do think it's like it's both like hey rome is really bad Mm-hmm. Right. right. At no point is it like we should not. The Romans are not deserving, <laughs> right, right, of of violent revolution. Or th- this is not something that should be overthrown. It's just that like how that actually works is something that is kind of beyond immediate human understanding, right? And that that's the whole thing, right? Is that like Christ surrenders, and through that surrender wins the greatest victory, mm-hmm. you know mankind ever ever knew right sort of the idea and the movie's kind of about the process of him realizing how he can surrender and what like what he should surrender to you know 
because the temptation is the un- or unordinary life, a life. And this is the thing. I think this is also like the moral lesson of the movie is I think like that is a temptation all of us deal with all the time. Right. hundred like, percent. Yeah. It's like, I could just be, I could just be unobtrusive and like slip into the systems that I exist in and not combat them. And maybe that would be fine, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so the idea is like you, you know, having to interrupt history. I think that's part of what makes it such a like relatable depiction, right? Is that it, it dramatizes that in a huge way. Right. And like puts you in the position of, of Jesus. Right. Whereas the gospels are like kind of distant. Right. And makes yes. sense. Right. But like they are by nature, like a little bit, you know, if there's any POV characters, it's the apostles, right? Mm-hmm. Who, the, who are often treated as buffoons. It depends on the gospel you're reading, right? Right, uh, yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, I just think that, I think that's the thing. That's what makes it so vital, I think, is, is that it asks a, a really big moral question that feels like it stretches beyond, like, Christianity itself. Right? Yeah, and, and, and I think that goes to just, like, the performances of it and like why harvey cartel like still works in the movie and stuff like that is like it's still very human in its performance yeah and the thing is actually like i like him a lot i think he's yeah. really good and i think um he gives this like I mean, maybe it is this like hometown <laughs> or whatever but like there's a groundedness to him like i one of my favorite details in the movie that i've forgotten actually watching it again um was when he visits jesus on his deathbed mm-hmm. he has blood on his hands from mm-hmm. fighting the romans right and like he's and you know that moment of being this like oh he is the he's the material right he's like the consequences the real hurt and pain of the world like coming to bear right it's yeah. such a great image um you know so yeah, I don't know. I just I I think that's also the thing. Is their relationship is kind of the core of the movie. It is a love story in some ways. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. You know, that, kind of going with like how your talk kind of portrait uh, like paints a picture of like these characters already when you go in. It's like I've always been kind of shown that the the the, the him and the twelve have been like, if not romantic, just the kind of love that even a family can't have like it's just a different kind of bond right oh yeah john john the beloved yeah and and like all these names yeah all the names and all like how he he himself will change their names personally like he Mm -hmm. he changes them and so he's probably the only one that refers to them unless they know about it right and stuff like that so it it like i saw that in this and it's one of the few films i like you really see that through um which again, I'm like I, now I'm comparing and contrasting when I was watching it with the other stuff I've been watching because I grow, I still grew up in a religious household, and I still get wrangled into stuff. Um, it, it's really, it's really fascinating the differences of everything. Yeah, well, I think that's also something like, you know, I don't, I mean, this is getting into sort of a broader conversation about like homoeroticism or like homosociality on film. Right, but mm-hmm. I think like I don't think Scorsese was like I'm gonna make Jesus. And yeah, Jesus I don't gay. think so either. <laughs> no, <laughs> right, yeah. but it's just like it's they have an intimacy with each other that like is a love thing, right? Like is love, and like sure. that can be friendship or familial in some ways, right? But it's also romantic in a real way, right? 
and it just you can't i i think that's sort of the thing is that i, I think there's sort of like uh argument against like shipping straight men with each other on tv or whatever that's like oh but like friend friendship between men can exist and it doesn't have to be sexual and i'm like yeah that's definitely true but i think friendship is kind of romantic yeah and no, totally. is like it, it kind of it all lends into itself into each other I'm, and that doesn't mean that like a you know relationship between two people of the same gender has to be sexual right yeah. but just that there is like there's always that that's always like a factor in these in friendships i think that's like a very normal thing i don't know jesse sorry go ahead well no no i was just thinking like we talk about like this is a scorsese movie the man is from my understanding very italian right (laughs) like like (laughs) that's kind of the italian family and friendship thing is that kind of embrace that physical embrace that physical touch that i love you so much that i'm going to kiss you on the lips and hold you tight type of love yeah right a lot of like well that's actually uh so yeah. I was thinking about when, uh, so um, in the Mormon church, there are apostles. That's like the leadership, right? Um, okay. And apparently there was like a huge discussion the first time they visited Italy or like, you know, in, in more recent times, like, oh, are you going to do the holy kiss? <laughs> or are you going to kiss each other? And they were like, uh, no, I guess we're not going to do that. But it was like, you know, it was sort of like in... In the United States, people wouldn't be like, oh, yes, like the apostle kiss. That's like a thing that happens. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. So anyway. I think it kind of comes across like how prudish the United States has been over mm-hmm. decades is when these cultures come in and mix with stuff and we see this stuff, our brain's like, oh, uh, uh, that's not right. <laughs> right. Like that's kind of like how it is. And I think that's what well, our that's instincts also, are. That's also a thing. I mean, this is maybe more. Well, this might be true of like evangelical Christianity, but like, you know, Catholic depictions of Jesus are very sensual in a certain way, right? He's usually almost nude, right? Yeah, you almost know, nude, and... almost always embraced by a woman, his mother. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, yeah. There's, yeah, there's like, you know, I mean, not that it, yeah, I don't, I don't want to say it's like erotic, but it is in the sense of like physical sensation, right? That there is like, that's like an important part of the depiction of Jesus, like seeing the, the wounds and seeing the suffering right and all mm-hmm. that stuff and then usually at least in like mormon art and more jason art it's much it's sort of way more sanitized right mm-hmm. and like even depictions of jesus on the cross he's usually clothed right right you know and um stuff like that right there's sort of a there's a sense that like oh we it would be disrespectful to to show like uh, a body right which is like you know, I think the thesis of this movie is very much like, oh, that's the whole thing, though. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like the whole point, right? What's What's really funny is like, you came much- for the body of Christ, you are getting the body of Christ. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how much flack this movie gets versus like how much flack in my, at least in my family, the life of Brian gets, which isn't much. <laughs> and like, <laughs> yeah, to, to me, that movie in itself is pulling more fun on the situation but that's i guess that's that's a topic for a whole whole other different thing um i also just want to shout out that one the phone was 33 when he made this um oh damn yeah and also numerology he looked well i mean that's also like the supposed age that jesus uh died right is it it. okay (laughs) yes i think it depends on uh this is interesting because we i was actually having a discussion with like because I was like, oh, yeah, 33, that's the age Jesus died. And my, like, roommate who was going to theological school was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so this is, this is like a popular conception, but I'm not exactly sure where it comes from. 
there. Way, so. um, anyway, but just to. But also, I just I, I really appreciate how hot Willem Dafoe is in this movie. <laughs> Femme yeah, Boy he's Jesus. gorgeous. Yeah. No, he's. Uh... And this is like one of his first or second big roles. Like it's not. It's very early in his like big I acting think it's career. Just after Platoon, right? I'm looking right now because I have it all up. I think it, yeah, I think it's just after Platoon. I think God, he, Platoon he's done so this. much. Yeah, yeah, he's done a lot. He's really game for anything. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's like right after Platoon. It's like a couple years after Platoon, and he only has about a handful of small credits before that. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, I I I think it's 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 very interesting how much I've been told about this movie and how much this is not that movie I've been told. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think people, and the thing is, it's part because people, people who really object to the idea of making a movie like this aren't going to watch it, <laughs> so they don't know what it right. is. You know? Yeah, <laughs> there can't be engagement is like ceding power to it, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. You know, which, which the grace to funny you mentioned it earlier about uh, about oh gosh the Mel Gibson movie, um, the oh, Passion of Christ. Yeah. yeah, I was dragged to the theater to see that when it came out like that week. And I was, and that came out when I was like not even thirteen. Like, oh, like things kind of fucked up. Yeah, but like that was like the accepted thing because it, if it's for what they, what is believed to be the right reasons, the violence, the the graphicness is worth it. Right. Yeah. And that's you know, I mean, that's part of this. This movie's not. I mean, I don't think it, it's not like Passion of the Christ where it's no, like a, but it's still pretty rough. Entry, basically. I think yeah, in, in but some, no, it is. It is. For sure. One of the rougher ones, for sure, that I've seen. I've seen a lot of crucifixions in my life, which is a funny <laughs> sentence to say, but... Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. And you recorded it. <laughs> um, is, is there anything else about the movie that we want to kind of talk about or before we jump into silence? And then I know we're going to probably compare and contrast while we're talking about silence. Yeah. So. Um, oh, yeah, I drew, I drew some weird analogs between these two films. Um, um, but Grace... I'll let you yeah i'm just trying to think over if there's anything i'm trying to figure out like what i mean i think part of it is the movie i'm mean, part of it, it's all it's all shot on location right and so it's really beautiful and i and i think yeah again like it's so sensual and so physical right and that stuff is so um key to like how it works and i don't know i just think it's great i, I don't know if i have like a uh, like neat way to wrap it all up in a bow but i think this movie is fantastic and i think if you haven't seen it and if any of this sounds interesting you should absolutely go check it out yeah it's worth exploring um just if you if your parents don't want you to watch it don't talk yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the easiest way to avoid those arguments. Pie. hey there's so many things my parents probably wouldn't want me to watch Easiest way okay. to avoid those arguments. You have a phone for a reason, and we know you'd be on that phone i can watch grand torino when i'm 16 but i can't watch this Right, right. That's so fucked up. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I mean, I haven't seen Grant Torino, but anyway, I mean, great. the fact that you can watch that at 16 and not The Last Temptation of Christ, and I have seen Grant Torino, wild. Yeah, <laughs> we could talk about old man syndrome off there. Um, <laughs> but but a movie I, I did. Oh, did you have something else, Matthew? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say something real quick. Um, so this is only the second time I've seen this movie. And the back half, well, I should probably, it's probably like the back third or fourth where um, Jesus has been nailed to the cross and the angel appears. Yeah. 
to say, you know, you've done enough. God, God wants you to die in a dream, but live as a man. Yeah. I think that's pretty close to the quote. I didn't write it down because it is something like that. Yes. I'm scatterbrained, but I love the scenes with that actor. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, uh, in, in between this time and the prior time, you know, almost literally 20 years ago when I saw this, I, uh, I, rem- I, didn't, I didn't remember Willem Dafoe addressing her in front of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The way that, the way that she has, the way that she is in- welcomed in along with Jesus where, wherever he goes. Yeah. Like, hey, you can bring your friend in. And, but this time I realized that the dialogue that comes from her is almost all of it is uh, vague. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's almost always two-sided like, yeah, I have your best interest at heart. Wink. <laughs> but then, yeah. but then, and, and this, this doesn't really, what I'm about to go into doesn't really play into the movie at all, but it's all, it's almost kind of like the, the greatest trick the devil did was convincing people he didn't exist that sort of thing yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so and this is like the greatest trick that this angel pulled on jesus was convincing him she was on her on on his side yeah Mm -hmm. and and i and apart from the whole parable that is that section of the movie which i won't really go into because i i actually think you should experience that because i still get the same feeling as i do yeah it was also it was so fun watching it with people who hadn't seen it before and then like when he gets off the cross they were like what is happening what is going on (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. um and i did the end of it i think at the end of it i think um i think it's perfect not because of how of how it ends but the way that the happy accent that happened while filming yes the, that's, the, that's such a great story yeah. the reason all of the reason all of the effects are there is because they ran out of film not because they had a really good special so, effect idea yeah. i love oh, it I know. so, so much. this is actually okay i i can send the link to you so the story is even more incredible than that oh cool so so they were on set you know filming the shot where willem defoe says i am it is accomplished right and um, one of the like assistants opened the magazine with the film inside of it. Oh, wow. And so it was damaged. And it was the take that, you know, Scorsese really liked, right? And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, well, we can't do anything about it now. We got to keep filming, right? And then when they went back to the studio, there was edge fog. Like, you know, it had been corrupted. And that's the resurrection, right? That's like when it fades to white at the end. That's mm-hmm. like the actual effect of the film being exposed to light before it's supposed to be right oh that's uh, wild i yeah. i'd heard it i had heard that it was just the end of the magazine and you have that no yeah this is before, uh, like I'll send you, of- yeah i'll send you a link because it's uh, he was on the a24 podcast um and talked about like told the story oh uh, please do a couple years please ago do. so yeah i have it i have it it's one of the like three tweets i have bookmarked nice. <laughs> <It's> like, uh, <laughs> so yeah incredible Incredible story. Also, okay, one thing I wanted to call out, I think that's, we talked about sort of the homosexuality element. And I think there is like a really interesting subtext where when Jesus, you know, lives as a man, he becomes uh, straight, 
yeah. <laughs> you know but there's sort of this heterosexual element and also like the way the angel talks about women is like very misogynistic and being like women are all the same and it's kind yep. of just double-sided one so woman many faces yeah yeah right and all that stuff is i i feel like like again i don't know if this is intentional but i think this like the misogyny being the root of like christ's fall from like what his mission right is really interesting yeah um very I, yeah there's just some really cool subtext especially like queer subtext in there too right um, and i i i mean i saw all of that in this viewing um more so than i saw the first time around and i think it's also post you know having not, not, not post my own divorce things like that but also fallout with my family and when you were taught when you guys were talking about the homosociality of jesus and the the apostles it almost it feels it rings to me and it I, i'm this might be reductive and i apologize if it is but it r- rings to me with like the chosen family is often stronger than actual blood family oh yeah totally totally okay yeah. all right cool I was, yeah i think that is like face. i mean i I think that there's sort of an interesting element with um, with Mary, who he's both like unkind to, and at the end he's like, "I treated you, you know, I'm sorry, I was mm-hmm. such a bad son, right?" Um, right. And I kind of, yeah, I kind of wish there was more. I mean, it makes sense because it's not what the movie's about. Um, but I don't know. Maybe we should just make a Mary movie. I want a Mary movie. Yeah, I get that. Um, but yeah, no, from it's Catholic just, uh, to more Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is actually the thing. Is like. Ooh, Mormons are weird about Mary because Catholics are weird about Mary. So they're weird in oh, the man. direction where it's like, you can't like the idea of revering Mary is so stupid. Like she only just gave birth. And I'm, and I'm like, every, like even, you know, when I was, I mean, who does church, that? Honestly, I was infuriated. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's infuriating. Mary's so cool. Luke chapter one, some of yeah. the sickest shit in the new Testament. What's, what's funny is, uh, my dad going out of the thing that we watched last night that had all the birth of Christ and everything. He goes, see, he's like, it's very, they're, pick, they're choosing a very Catholic version of Mary because Mary is very much the focus of it. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, it seemed like she was just a really good woman. <laughs> yeah. It's the whole, um, but she's just uh, out here trying to be a mom. I don't but, know. <laughs> uh, yeah. But what threw me off the most at the very end is the Peter Gabriel score. Um, oh Yeah. <laughs> I, that's also the thing is this movie is extremely 1980s yeah right oh like, definitely yeah yeah um big drums <laughs> yeah Moving on oh to but it's so good different. when the bells hit and the yeah. credits it's ah, good it's good cinema <laughs> um, oh it's great but it's silence great. i i can i could summarize silence pretty fast myself yeah yeah um, let's yeah let's move on sorry that we got no you're good there great um movie. Uh, two uh, Portuguese uh, priests go to find one of their mentors in Japan. Uh, what what era Japan is it? Seventeenth century Japan. Seventeen. Uh, so eighteenth century. I think seventeen hundreds. Yeah. Let me let me double check. Yeah. Um. And when they get there, they find basically small villages who believe in the faith and want more from the priest they want to be uh, sanctified they want to get more prayers they want they just want to be fed really uh religiously they want to be fed and through this they uh adam driver and andrew garfield two leads uh see the pain suffering of these people and really relate to it but also are on the run they have to be hidden because persecution is happening for any um christianity in in that world um eventually Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver split up. 
uh andrew garfield eventually gets captured through that he gets and he gets mentally tortured i think more than physically tortured in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um and it leads to him finding their mentor after watching uh spoilers for the movie but we always talk about spoilers uh, adam driver pass away trying to save the people that are being sacrificed in his name basically or killed in his name um that he finds Liam Neeson Liam Neeson has recant- recanted the faith he has stepped on the picture of Jesus he has moved on and he has taken a Japanese name a Japanese wife and is doing uh the work of saying Christianity is false and uh there's more that happens afterwards but I feel like we're going to get into that and I don't think I need to summarize it that much because that's really like the key part of it yeah but the the brief bit is Andrew Garfield finally succumbs and steps on the picture and uh uh says that christianity is false but you see him realize that that's not important (laughs) which is i think the most interesting thing about this movie yeah well so sort of when he there is implication or maybe you know that perhaps god speaks to him and tells him to step on the picture right um yeah i we'll we'll get into it um, um, Matthew, how about you start on this one? So I was going to say, before we get too far, <laughs> I, w- I want I want to talk about the correlation. I I finished this movie. I watched both these movies today, by the way. So oh, damn, yeah. So, <laughs> Ooh, it's, right. it's been it's been a day. Um, <laughs> but I ended the movie while eating dinner with my wife, and it was a solid 45 minutes of her going, what the hell are you watching? (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, it's, you know, it's been two hours leading to this point. Do you want me to catch up? She's like, yeah, probably not. That's fine. Um, I'm like, but we can watch this again because I really like this movie. We, we were an hour and a half in and uh, me and my dad were watching it and I was like, I kind of want popcorn. And he's like, do you want me to pause? I'm like, no, <laughs> we're not going to finish it if you pause it now. We got- <laughs> popcorn we're in too deep, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but one thing I noticed uh, was how oddly in lockstep these movies march. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know. I I don't know if this is intentional but it felt like it felt like the acts of last temptation are transferred into silence in very interesting ways because you get like the early you know not so much the early conflict of jesus in um garfield's character but like his conflict is with the church is like, Hey, we need to go that this is he's his conflict is to convince the church to send him to him and Adam driver to Japan. Yeah. After that, you get like sermon on the mountain, Jesus, where Andrew Garfield and Adam driver are, are, are preaching and working with villagers. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then, when they split, you could probably make the the connection to Jesus going to the desert. But I also think instead of Jesus's three miracles, we get the three betrayals of Kichijiro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then um, and then the uh, the final act is kind of separate from Last Temptation in what well, also but also feels like right with it. So which, I think the parallel here is this is also one of the things is that Andrew Garfield's character, um, Sebastiano or 
you know, uh, Rod- Rodriguez. Rod- is what Rod- they call Rodriguez, him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he he's constantly comparing himself to Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's that, sort of a sense, like especially the at the beginning, like he goes to this place where all these people are hungry for Christianity, right? Oh, and to be clear, I guess we should specify, like, this is it a period of Japan where it's isolated itself from the world, except for like Dutch trading. Right. It's right after a war with all these Catholic country, uh, nations and stuff. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. And so ba- basically, like, I mean, you know, Japan is like, hey, we don't want to be imperialized no more. <laughs> so yeah, we're right. closing the border. Right. Um, and so Christianity is illegal. And um, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot the point I was leading to there. Um right well so the thing is there's kind of this ego thing right where he is like super needed right by this community that's been yeah. abandoned by the mainstream church and you know like is marginalized in some sense by the government that they're in right but yes what that leads to is you know basically a bunch of people being tortured right mm-hmm. you know for the information of where the priests are or to try and get him to recant or get them to recant christianity right and so it's like a lot of the movie is is basically like it feels reductive because it's so you know it's a long movie right but it's basically yeah. andrew garfield realizing that he is not jesus yeah no true that he cannot save these people it's some miracle that God is not going to change things that he has to act. Right. And that mm-hmm. in that action, there is, um, you know, redemption, that there is grace right in that. And that like, you know, the act of profaning Jesus is this profound act of belief. Yeah. In him, right. That like that grace will, you know, that God's grace for him and his belief is not broken. It's by... more than just that one action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's um, sort of the thing is that he, yeah. he he extends that to other people in a way that he doesn't to himself, right? Yeah, you know. And I think there, there's some interesting stuff with that. Yeah, Ma- Matthew's talking about. And so I think I think that's yeah. the thing with Ma- what Matthew was saying. Sorry, but the parallel mm-hmm. is that if if Last Temptation is a movie about a regular guy realizing that he is Jesus, yeah, <laughs> Silence is a movie about a regular guy realizing that he is not Jesus, right? And yes. so the but in that realization comes the 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 actual moment where he becomes christ-like right is yeah and this is the thing yeah it's it's such a you know the image of stepping on is is the like like crucifixion moment right and it's like Mm -hmm. by forsaking christ he embraces him more than he ever had before right and that he like does an incredible act of kindness towards these people who are suffering for no reason right for the ego of a portuguese missionary yeah more than like to save their souls right say like the the and the third act of silence is an answer to the question presented in the third act of the last temptation which is what if i died a man like what it what would happen to me kind of thing yeah with with silence it's like you would keep going like that's kind of just kind of the thing with um the idea of like what if someone failed well someone has to not fail at some point um and what's funny is the voice of God in silence is Father Valent. V- I can't I want to pronounce that. It's the priest that sends them off. Oh, yeah. So um, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm forgetting the actor's name. Yeah. I don't remember who it is either. Uh, Car- uh, Carrick Hines, I think. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's Dr. Octopus. 
Is it Dr. Alfred oh. Molina? Alfred Molina, Alfred yeah. Molina? I'm pretty sure. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. That's Alfred Molina? Wow. I'm wrong. But I, I just think it's interesting that it's the I mean, that I, sends him. I'm not really not arguing the movie with you. I'm, just, I'm, much, like, I'm right? just, just surprised no, it's that totally it's funny. Alfred Molina because I would um, not have. <laughs> uh, to be fair, Alfred Molina was in the movie Luther about the, the Catholic uh, monk, priest, whatever. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, but it, I do find it interesting that it, the voice of God is the father that sends them. Um, the kind of correlate. It's like, it's not, not only is it just he's looking to hear Jesus, but the people he respects mean so much to him that the voice he hears is the voice of the, the person who he respected. The, the reason he went is for the person who's led them, led him to the Lord in the first place. Like the, he's pursuing the people he respects most while trying to live up to their expectations. Yes. Okay, it is not Alfred Molina. I was I okay. was mistaken. That's okay. Yeah. Um. What What What's most tragic is uh, Adam Driver's character, um, who we see early on very struggle with belief, um, and then tragically dies because he fully falls into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he refuses to recant and save yeah. the lives of the people that he's, you know, and like yeah, because. So basically the scene is they've taken Andrew Garfield to this beach and they've tied up a bunch of Christians, right? And if Adam Driver does not recant the faith, they will drown them, right? Just like push them into the ocean, right? And Adam Driver does try to save them. He like swims out to the lake and drowns with them, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's the thing is a lot of this movie, like it's, there's, it's not particularly graphic or violent, right? But it, it is, a, it's, hard it's horror, movie in some ways right it's about watching someone watch suffering or experience suffering for you know like two hours and 20 minutes (laughs) right like you know i'm a little desensitized i think to some of like the brutality of just actual like how realistic violence can look in movies but watching it with my father when the christians die he had a really visceral reaction to it all yeah uh, more so than i did and i'm like oh yes i forget you are you are waiting for this to happen to you in some ways yeah um <laughs> and yeah which, which that's a whole another story for another time that me you could just talk later on discord about grace but uh yeah no um, no i i but i, I like could imagine the ideological I, I find this so there. interesting to be a movie that gets made almost 30 years later um, is it how uh, Last Temptation was 88 and this was 2016? Yeah, so 20, so, yeah, so yeah, like 28 years. So basically 30 years. Yeah. yeah. And he's been trying to make it for 26 of those. <laughs> um, and so, yes, yeah, yeah, for so long. Yeah. And so being able to do that, it's very interesting to watch this man who's in, at the end of his life, really, like in some ways. Mars Crazy is still alive. Love him to death. He's still with us. But comparatively, he's closer to the end of his life than he is to the big beginning and to see his exploration still going he's still exploring and he's still trying to find the answers but not not leaving with the answers i i do think silence gives you a clearer answer than last temptation does in a lot of ways but it's still not a definitive answer with a lot of things yeah and i and i think that yeah well i I think they're 
Yeah, because I I think in some ways that are yeah, like I, I kind of explained like what I basically think the movie's about, but like I think the 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 issue and the tension is that there is an ambiguity, mm-hmm. right? To you know, like Andrew Garfield's character Rodriguez has can only believe that he is saved, actually. Yeah, right. He can't know it. Yeah, you know, and that's like the whole thing, right? Is that you just have to trust that you are doing right. Right. And, you know, and believe that God will make up what you lack and be responsible for the good rather than the bad. Right. And like, that's all you can do, you know, and that and that's scary. Right. And that's sort of the the final scene, which is, you know, him being burned. Right. Being cremated because, you know, mm-hmm. you don't bury people. <laughs> right. Um, traditionally. Anyway. And, uh, you know, he's holding a cross. Right. Yeah. It's like a, you know, a t- taboo item. You're not supposed to. <laughs> have that right and like that that moment is like at once redemptive but it's haunting too right like you don't you know i appreciate that they also following him to the afterlife yeah i I appreciate they also show ferrara um also um like very small hints but they still show him like he still believes he's not like actually different now um but he's playing the game. Yeah. He's real because like there's that scene where they're checking after both him and Andrew Garfield, um, Liam Neeson and Andrew Garfield have recanted yeah. and they're checking all the items. He finds the cross and he like I don't remember exactly what he says, but Andrew Garfield's like, You called that the thing it's supposed to be called. Uh, you said yes, something yeah. special about that. Yeah, you said he, it was it was like our, our father. Lord. Yeah, our yeah. Lord, that's what it was. Yeah. So I really like that. Um, but the thing I think both these movies that Mark Scorsese understands and really puts in both these movies and kind of bums me out that um, the, the first one is not consumed by religious films in some ways um, is, and not to make a pun of what's happening in this either, but grace is at the key of both of these movies. There's yeah, so much for sure. love and patience and, and grace from the main characters and the people around them to be like, we've made mistakes, but we can keep going. Yeah. Well, I think that's actually one of the things that um, I guess I'd be curious to see how your dad react to this too. Cause I, I think actually silence really does a good job of um, it would be very, very easy for all the, the Japanese administrators and people to just be horrible monsters mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who are persecuting Christians. Right. And like, and the thing is it, it kind of is like, in some sense they're justified. Right. And it's also like yeah. so much of the beginning part of the movie sets up like, these Japanese people cannot have a Christian community without being connected to the church mm-hmm. that is trying to destroy Japan. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, in a real way, there is like, you know, I, I don't know how, I, I don't know if Scorsese would describe it this way. Cause you know, I'm being a Marxist about it. Right. But like, that's, you know, the thing. And so I, I really appreciate, I'm trying to remember the, the guy who becomes the guide, you know, for him. Um, um let me see. Uh, like the interp- oh, he's interpreter oh he's just interpreter oh just the interpreter okay yeah yeah, yeah he's the yeah. one who's saying like it's just a formality it's yeah just a formality. yes yeah <laughs> yeah well i think the thing is he's he's a like he's kind of a he's kind of seems like a good dude and like when he, he calls he seems like he's kind of breaking out it feels real mm-hmm. yeah there's uh you know, and so the thing is, I, I just think like I really appreciate because I think it would be very easy to make this a movie about, um, you know, like 
the opposition to Christianity is in all circumstances evil, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that would be yeah. just a way lesser movie, right? And and I think a far less profound and truthful one. It is yeah. something I wish they explored a little bit more is, like, how infectious and kind of um, predatorial in nature the Catholic Church is when it comes to that kind of stuff, but yeah. especially back then. But mm-hmm. they they only briefly dabble because it's not the movie Scorsese is trying to make, anyways. And I don't know. I haven't read the original novel, which is a Jap- a very best selling Japanese novel, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, I and I don't know if it touches upon it either. Um, yeah. Well, I the, the thing is the the guy who wrote it is a Japanese Christian, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, so I think there's. Um, I feel like it's complicated. Like I think it's the thing, and I, and I think I think also the movie's not making the argument, um, even though Liam Neeson does say this at a couple of points. It's like Japanese people cannot be Christian, yeah. <laughs> right? They're not. You know, I don't think that's necessarily the the argument, right? But it is like um, there is a selfishness in trying to save people. Mm-hmm you know in, in essence by killing them right and like that that scene where like liam, liam says to andrew Grove, it's like they're not dying for jesus or god they're dying for you yeah you know mm-hmm. they're dying so your faith can be maintained right um, and yeah. that's such a like that's because even hearing that like watching it i'm like that's not true <laughs> but it is yeah it's very much right it's such a hard like that's the thing is it's it feels like such an impossible situation right but it it does actually have a you know a solution right that is this again the surrendering right yeah Um, i appreciate how hard these that is to make too yeah you got a lot of shooting on location and you know i guess in this was shot in taiwan i think right yeah Um, i think so but yeah but you know out in the out in the jungle or on the on the river or whatever right you I mean, know. I've driven lost 50 pounds in 20 minutes during filming. That's a lot of oh, stress. Yeesh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's so funny is how much how accepted this movie was compared to the other one, too. For, it's still pretty controversial, I think, in its dealing yeah. in recanting. Like recanting yeah, it was actually, there was, <laughs> I, I, I won't name the user, and I don't actually remember, but there was a review on Letterboxd that was like, Rodriguez just should have read the Gospels because then he would know what to do in a situation <laughs> like this. <laughs> you know, oh, those, man. Like, there's definitely a certain type of Christian who would watch this and be like, "He just should have prayed for a miracle." You know, <laughs> that is, <laughs> and I think that's very funny. <laughs> that is that that sounds that sounds oh man that sounds like an IGN comment saying maybe they should have read the maybe they should have read the game manual or something like that's what that feels like <laughs> yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's almost like cinema sinzy. It's like oh, that's a plot hole. Should have just yeah, prayed to Jesus. Oh, um, what's what's so funny is Andrew Garfield uh, is is having sort of a renaissance in some ways, even though he's still pretty young. Um. Yeah. But I find it so fascinating that he made this and then as soon as this was done filming, he went straight into Hacksaw Ridge, which is a different kind of faith movie by a oh, different yeah, kind of faith true. director. Oof. Oh, yeah. Also Mel Gibson, right? Yeah, so yeah. Also yeah. Racist, um, racist ass Mel Gibson's as Keith Peele put it. I really love him because he loves <laughs> Thank you for saying it yeah. that way, Grace. <laughs> um, well, I'm not, I'm not going to put on a not an accent oh no 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 i just i just love i just because like when you said mel gibson like that's immediately what i heard in my head yeah just just, yeah. just racist ass melly gibson's like thank you i just i'm just 
I, that's a genuine earnest thank you for that. Yes, no, I got you. I got you. Yeah, no, uh, great. You could look it up. Great, great sketch. Yes. Um, um, I'm reading, I always read my MDB facts as we're talking about, just see if there's anything interesting that I missed. Yeah. Um, I guess after Rodriguez dies um, or denies his faith, the rooster crows three times, I completely missed that. Um, oh. Which super, yeah, I missed I love that, that too. Um, yeah. But there's so much, yeah, most of these facts are just about how hard it was to make this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think it's like, it is a grueling movie. Yeah. Right? Like it is, you know, it's a tough watch. Um, yeah. So I know that I know I'm probably the only one who free associated this hard with these two movies, apart from the comparisons I made earlier. But I mm. feel like Martin Scorsese's like Aguirre, Wrath of God, and Fitzcarraldo are the last temptation of Christ in silence. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I, I, I haven't seen either of those, to be fair. But, um, oh, uh, know, but, I mean, yes. they, by reputation, like, like, it seems like Aguirre, Wrath of God, fits that. Um, last temptation of christ because of not maybe not because of the film because i don't think they're similar in any way shape or form Mm -hmm. um in fact it's probably i I probably have it reversed because fitzcarraldo is more about if actually yeah i do have it reversed fitzcarraldo is a man going to the jungle getting a bunch of natives to follow him and dragging a boat over a mountain for reasons yes. uh, yeah. and and then and then the wrath of god is is uh the the lone uh co- the lone colonizer being left to die <laughs> through his <Yeah>. own decisions <laughs> like it's it's uh we should watch those movies but like i i just i yeah. found myself thinking about that about both of those movies after after I'd finished the silence or silence specifically, because I'm like, wow, that's yeah. Why am I thinking of Fitzcarraldo and Wrath of God all of a sudden? But I'm, then I just started making. Yeah, but no, I think I think head. that's the thing is it is like it is a movie in part about the like absolute stupidity and foolhardiness of colonial projects, right? And that's oh, the thing 100%. is that, but the re, you know, Andrew Garfield doesn't go to Japan because he is an imperialist. Even right. though he, like he is, but that's incidental. He goes because he believes in the man who taught him, and because he believes in Jesus and believes that people deserve to hear his word, right? Mm-hmm. And then you know, and that also comes with like obviously he has his ego thing and all this other stuff, right? He's such a sympathetic character, you know, and isn't just like a colonizer because it doesn't come out of that, right? And as someone who like was a missionary, right, and thereby like you know served an imperialist project like unwittingly right uh-huh. to some degree yeah you know it, it, yeah it's is it, a resident movie and the, yeah also there's that there's that scene where uh andrew garfield and adam driver are talking to like the mayor of the town you know the, the elder mm-hmm. town yes. elder and he's like what should we do if they ask us to stomp on you know jesus and and Andrew Garfield's like, you should trample. You should do it. And, and Janet Driver's like, what are you talking about, my guy? <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't tell people to step on Jesus. Right. Well, That's very well. And it's, and it's that innate, like, content. maybe Andrew Garfield understands the assignment, whereas Adam Driver is, is like, yeah, no, well, I, like I understand the, the yeah. gesture. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing is it's like, you, you know, you, the stakes are so high. 
right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, my soul or this this person's soul is on the line if and like their faith is on the line if they like, you know, do this, right? And I think well, also sort of yeah. the, the when they when they you know the villagers like step on the thing again, they're like, no, we gotta we gotta up it up a notch. And so they get the the crawl did that too and easy. spit on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like oh yeah and they you know they can't bring themselves to do it right it's like oh no mm-hmm. like well I, you, you said earlier grace though it's, it's uh andrew Garfield's character just n- being able to tell people what they should do but not accept it for himself and yeah it, it's mm-hmm. it's very interesting to watch that struggle um i do have a couple of interesting facts about last temptation i want to talk about because i was looking okay through, and, I'm, and i'm like these are very interesting and i would like to hear your thoughts um i guess the accents uh were on purpose <laughs> yeah uh the they want to make sure the jews had american accents mostly in new york while the romans had very english british accents oh uh, okay that makes sense yeah. which i wonder that's, if that's just, pretty silly but yeah I, I, I just wonder if you heard harvey Keitel's like we got to figure something out about this <laughs> we <gotta figure> <laughs> well the thing is i yeah no regrets i i harvey Keitel was nominated for a razzie yeah, yeah a razzie was just proof that the razzies are horrific and god-awful institution that should die in a ditch because he's great i legitimately think his performance is stunning in this movie um Um, it's interesting like i do get like to be clear i do get it being distracting i'm not saying yeah for sure oh sure you know but i think he's great i do find it very interesting that we almost had this movie with mel gibson as jesus um oh is that the (laughs) That and Sting of, is pilot instead of David Bowie was yeah the, there's a, there was a few yeah. people considered um and uh I, there was another one I thought was super interesting I'm trying to find it now I mean Robert De Niro was also almost Jesus um, right yeah yeah because he just came off Raging Bull and he kind of just wanted to use him again um there's oh Willem Dafoe got denied a role in Tombstone because of this movie oh he was supposed to play uh uh, val kilmer's role doc holiday (gasps) yeah you can't you can't take away val kilmer's oh no you can't but i just i find it so fascinating that they're like uh, he was already yes no for sure it's like weird to think about i mean i feel like that's a win all like i think like yeah that's what i'm saying yeah yeah um but yeah that that, get val kilmer on your huckleberry and we get willem dafoe I, it is accomplished. By the way, if you have not watched that Val documentary, I, I highly recommend it. Yeah. Uh, look, look, Willem Dafoe sacrificed Tombstone so the world could win. I think we're fine here. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. No, I think. So any any last thoughts though before we kind of talk about some other stuff we've been watching briefly and then wrap up? Uh no, I don't I yeah, I, I just think the thing is I think Scorsese this is the thing is watching both of these movies. He really gets it. Yeah. He really gets what's compelling about Christianity and troubling about it. And, you know, makes movies that really like dig into it and try and like, and I think it's really tragic that like silence, like you're right, Jesse, that silence was not like rejected by the mainstream church, but also wasn't successful. No, right? it, wasn't it was not like a, it, it's a hard to be successful in movies almost three hours long and not superheroes. Yeah. Well, no, it's a tough sell. And there's a reason that it took him so long to make it, you know, um like i'm sure it was a nightmare to get invested right um sometimes, yeah, sometimes you want to make art <laughs> right <laughs> yeah know? yeah sometimes For sake you just want to make some yeah I, but you know. i mean the only reason last temptation got made is because he made cape fear and the only reason this got made is right. he made so many movies before it <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah 
made the aviator and you know yeah and all those crazy. leonardo DiCaprio we, we were talking about before you came on that it's crazy he just has a has a like he makes a couple really big like popular hits and then he makes his movie that he wants to make for at that moment yeah well yeah wolf wall street was the movie before this yeah you know yeah and then, huge af- movie. and then after it he made the irishman which in some way is also like a passion project but a movie making a scorsese movie yeah yeah like making things and also on netflix right really accessible yeah um, well, that's maybe not the word I want to use, but a lot of people have Netflix. Yeah, I yeah. guess it's really, you know, the entryway um, is 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 easy. Yeah, or it's like I don't. I guess Silence is streaming on Tubi with ads. Or no, that, that was Last Temptation. It's <laughs> still. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I watched it on Hulu. So uh, yeah, Hulu oh, could also yes, have yes, ads. Yes, okay, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. What, Grace, have, what, what's a what's a movie you've watched recently that you want to talk about for briefly? Um. So so I watched uh, yesterday. Yeah, I watched Strike, um, which is a 1925. Is that Andre um, Weida? No, that's, that's no, it's Eisenstein. Uh, what am I Eisenstein, yeah. yeah. Eisenstein, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I've watched so, that forever. Holy hell. Yeah, Soviet uh, era silent movie. Um, it is based on the true story of a 1903 factory strike. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting. It's kind of weird in that well i guess it's weird now Mm -hmm. um because i think there is like you know yeah anyway so basically it's a really tragic and affecting um because you know the the strike goes poorly and a bunch of people are massacred basically Mm -hmm. um at the end of it and so it has these really like stark images of violence that are super affecting and it's really well beautifully shot um i think it i don't know the thing is it's one thing that's really cool is, you know, Einstein is like the guy, mo- montage is a word that he invented. Yes. <laughs> right. And so he's like, he made out. it up. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so like in terms of, and you know, it means something a little different than like a Rocky montage. It's more like, you know, images that are associated together. So like, if you like, for example, in strike, there's a scene between the slaughter of a bull and, you know, the, the people being massacred. Right those strikers being massacred and you know mm-hmm. it like cuts between those two things and it's like oh you're making this association right this mental yes. association and that's basically like montage you know it's, you wrote a whole thing about it like if you've in, been in a film theory class you probably read at least excerpts from it um you know and so in some ways it's like it is wild to see like what we understand now is cinema and it's like part of the basic language of cinema being invented right by you know in film right like sort of in this Mm -hmm. physical way it's really cool the thing is i think um there's a weird section where basically the company hires a bunch of vagabonds to um to light a vodka storehouse on fire to incite the strikers to loot it and thereby provoke police action um so it's okay. like a weird complicated plot. And so then all the vagabonds are like little people or I think there's a trans woman among them. And it's sort of like this weird, like, oh, these degenerate peoples who are like willing to, you know, conspire with the bosses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, yeah, it's like very odd. And I'm not like, it's very like, cause the thing is, this is a dynamic, like in the Soviet Union to some degree, right? Like um, homosexuality was legal at the time the film was made, but would not be later was, you know, outlawed in like 68, I think. Um, and so I don't want to say that there's not, 
I think now I'm like, oh yes, communism is the thing that like queer people are, <laughs> right? right. That's yeah. like, not necessarily the case in 1925, right? But I think it is it is like weird hitting it now in some ways. Um, but also it's yeah, really dazzling movie would recommend, uh, pretty interesting. And I'm, I'm excited to see, like, I haven't, I've seen, you know, the scene from Battleship Potemkin that everyone talks about, but I haven't actually seen that. So I'm curious to, and also I just, I watched I Am Cuba recently, which is another Soviet Cuban co-production, which is an astounding movie. Yes, and I so Am I'm Cuba's just like, great. yeah. So I'm, I really like excited. I want to watch more Soviet stuff. And so I'm going to do that probably. And Strike is like, I think a perfectly good entry point, especially in the silent era. You know, yeah. Uh, Potemkin was mine to to Eisenstein, and immediately, like, I thought of everything that I had known that had been influenced by it, and then I started. I started reading. I started reading like books, and I'm like, oh my god, he just, he just, and you know, and like you said, it's so hard to think of all of this just being made up. Yeah, like like, mm-hmm. like to think and like uh, like I can imagine Jean Luc Godard in the '60s explaining why he was jumping through cuts to like you know save time and keep the action moving and also create a frenetic pace for the film. Yeah, but I I you know D W Griffith being the shitbag he was. <laughs> yeah, like. I cannot imagine the conversations that he and Sergei Eisenstein were having with their contemporaries about coming up with narrative devices for moving pictures. Yeah, that's like, Where, whereas yeah, that's like the, the thing is all this had to be invented. Whereas like the say. very first like super famous film image is a train pulling into a station, you know, and you know, the Lumiere brothers are like, yeah, we don't know how this works, but we're going to keep trying it. Yeah, and, well, it's, I mean, it's interesting because all, all the first movies are basically home movies, right? It's like, yeah. oh, there's a little baby <laughs> or like I'm yeah. watching the train come in and, you know, whatever, right? Like, Or, it's, or one that one that speaks to my profession. There's a, there's an uh, directed by a contemporary of Melier or Melier's called the X-Ray Man that basically explains how X-rays work without all the physics and you could make you could make a point that you could make a point that like that's how people started to understand that type of science right away. Yeah, mm-hmm. through moving pictures. To quote you from earlier in the episode, cinema, cinema. <laughs> yeah. Um, now he wants well, well, it's just that it's like these guys are also huge influence on Scorsese, right? Who's like a big, like a film historian, really in his own right, as well oh, yeah. as a filmmaker, you know. So. Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead, Jesse. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna just put, point the direction, of Matthew. What's what's a movie you've been, uh, you enjoyed a lot, or a TV show? Because I know you've been. I haven't, been... I haven't watched a movie. Uh, in, I haven't watched a movie outside of like for the shows uh, in the last two episodes, and mainly because work's been kind of burning me out, and I've also been doing a lot of reading. Uh, I've been trying to actually slog through Dune, and I've also been reading. Hey, me too. I've been reading Dune. How are you writing this year? I'm good. Damn. Yeah. Like, it's, I've also, I, I, hot take. It's pretty good. Yeah. Like, I hot like, take is I good. like the way it's it written. just takes a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I like the yeah. way it's written. It's just like, for some reason, I, I'm moving really, really slow. Well, how, how, how far are you into it? I'm about 200 pages. 
I mean, okay, honestly, that's you're... where it starts kicking off. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm probably right. I'm probably right at the cusp, and then all of a sudden, it'll just take me away. But like, I've also been reading Berserk, um, oh, which sick. I, nice. which I, which I absolutely love, and uh, I'm going to plug it because she was wonderful to be on our episode. Uh, listen to the pod hand if you're reading Berserk; it's very worth it. Yeah. Um, that's with uh, Maddie. Uh, Maddie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Maddie Lewis is a co-host. Who's gonna be on in the next few weeks? Yeah, Again. we're getting back. Yeah. Um, but, Wait, what, uh, are you, what are you watching? I, um, I watching, we, 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 we're just watching, we just started watching the final season or the most recent season of the Great British Bake Off. Oh, gotcha. Uh, I but what, are we, what are we watching with Maddie though? Uh, I, I think is the question. Oh, Brimstone, oh and, yeah. Brimstone and Treacle. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, weird ass. I just said, I just said Maddie. <laughs> Not to not to call her out on the show, but I sent Maddie a movie recommendation. She said she would watch it and then didn't. Or I don't know if she did. She didn't. She didn't DM me back. Ooh, 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 <laughs> to be ooh, fair, ooh. I haven't watched Maddie's movie recommendation that she gave to me. Damn. So. Yeah. No. It ha- listen, it happens to everyone. I'm just like wondering if I should like follow up. Yes. Do the classic missionary thing. Follow up. Have you been reading your scriptures? You know what? I will, open, I will open the next episode with Maddie on and be like, Grace has some questions for you, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't do that. I, I'm not um, going to do that. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard this season of Great British Bake Off, though, is very emotional. Uh, it, you know, I'm f- four episodes in, and it's been an odd roller coaster thus far. Uh, which is, I mean, you know, reality TV is what it is, but I think in terms of reality TV that can sort of land in a relatable way, I think oddly enough, the two that do it for me are this and RuPaul's Drag Race. Hmm. Um, I think because they both shows seem to understand who and what they are and celebrate that rather than try and be better. Hmm. And I'm not saying I'm not saying they're like unambitious in any way, shape, or form, because I think trying to land this type of humanity is very, very difficult. But my favorite thing about the Great British Bake Off is it's normal folks and people who understand the, you know, the intricacies of baking and what's what's right, what's wrong, speaking in a way to them that's not like, man, you suck. Or it's always like, here's here's what I think could have done better for you. Now I know there's early on in the run, there's the guy who forgets to put eggs in in the bake, and they're like, so we noticed this. And he's like, yeah, that happened, but they don't rake him over the coals for it. They don't make him feel bad. They're like, you know, I understand it's, it's a high pressure situation. You're on TV. I get it. But, <laughs> but because, the, and then there have been times where there, there was, there were bakes that were just completely not cooked. They're like, we can't eat this. And, and everybody is like, sort of underst- understands that it's the drama of the day. And the, and the fact that it's not, you know, people trying to start their own Michelin rated restaurants and just people who bake for their families like I love that so much because I as someone who doesn't know how to cook and has recently like started trying things I would love someone who knows what they're doing to say hey this is what you're doing wrong this is why I do it this way this is where you could go wrong go a little bit differently to make it better rather than just saying yeah put put that stuff away and never come into a kitchen again (laughs) 
because I think we I think we need, we need more Paul and Prue or even Paul and Mary and less Gordon Ramsay. But that's yeah. just me. Yeah. Uh, Great British Bake Off rules. So <laughs> I, I started at the very beginning of uh, what they have on Netflix. So I'm making my way through it. Okay. You're like uh, Paul and Mary. I, I, I do love Mary more than Prue. And I do like the, the I forget their names, but the two women yeah, that the two are the presenters. Are, uh... I think one of them is Sue Perkins, but I don't remember the other one. But I think they are, I think now Matt Lucas and Noel are very good not taking that away from them but these two the way they interact with everybody that's baking as well as taking paul down a peg like it's 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 tv gold in my opinion yeah um my thing briefly is we talked about kind of before and i don't want to dive too much because um it's been a long day for me um is i watched another Scorsese movie this week because i don't know Accidents oh, happen, yeah. I guess. Um, and it's another offbeat one. I watched After Hours before I got taken off Criterion. Oh, cool, cool. Um, and that movie is a lot of fun, but also really stressful. And I don't think I've seen a very as stressful Scorsese movie like that before. Like I've seen tense ones, like I've seen Goodfellas, I've seen uh, The Departed and stuff like that. After Hours is a different ball game. It's just a bad night for one dude. <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's it's very interesting to see how Scorsese bounces humor and oddity with uh with with tension in that movie um have either of you seen um uh, i know we talked about it before when i when i watched it but um little murders um it's uh who directed that one again little murders why do i recognize um because i talked about it uh before it's an alan arkin movie starring um elliot gould um and it's kind of a satire of like society at the time um and i feel like the dialogue was just it's unnatural um and that's what this movie is but i feel like scorsese was playing it as natural which is so fascinating like he's like this is what new york really is these people are weird <laughs> they're yeah. so weird <laughs> and you got to deal with it yeah um so it was just very fat uh really really uh fun but tense weirdly tense movie and not like any other scorsese movie not even like the last two we watched um so worth, i'd like to hear that. your thoughts on bringing out the dead we'll get there i bet yeah get there oh. one day. <laughs> i <laughs> i just gotta watch more scorsese because i mean i've seen the three scorsese movies this year these two and the departed <laughs> so okay I really... so we're having grace on to do goodfellas the casino back to back yeah I'll do that. I mean, I know Grace will be our first trilogy. We're gonna throw gangs in New York in there. Just... <laughs> well, then we have to do the quad quadrilogy and, and do the Departed, and that is all of the gang movies. Well, we got Irishman too, right? Oh yeah, I forgot Irishman. About the Irishman. I don't have time. Five movies. <laughs> Grace uh, is now about to say, "I am never coming back." <laughs> no, no, Grace will do it. I just have to take off the day for work so we can talk all day, and we'll have to split it into three different episodes. Yes, uh, let's do so, it. Um, and then we, yeah. we, we, I, I do remember the last time Grace was on, we roped her into a five-hour Rashomon show. So, <laughs> oh man, I would love to talk samurai movies, Grace. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry we're talking about you like you're not here, Grace. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> I, I feel very flattered. Is really uh, my general feeling. Once I get around to watching Seven Samurai, uh, we should do that. Um, but I haven't gotten to it yet. 
Devin Sam was oh, great. I watched that recently. Yeah, I, I bought the Criterion Blu-ray. Sitting ready to watch when I have the time to sit down and like in, just engage. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, Grace, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Grace underscore Machine, and also on Patreon at patreon.com slash Grace in the Machine. Um, yeah. And that's you know, and I'm also just abroad. I'm on Paste and Gamespot sometimes. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, is, is is killing killing our gods didn't end, did it? No, 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 no. It's uh, okay. it's just I just became a freelancer full time. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that, sure. I just want to make sure because I, I mean, even if, yeah, even no. If, in in theory, I've got one coming out about silence. Okay, soon-ish. cool. Cool. Um, uh, read so. Grace's piece on uppercut killing our gods. It is. Yeah it is se- well it's several pieces and yeah it's a it's like a column uh i love the way it makes me think about the media it discusses i specifically the piece on pathologic 2 that is some of the best shit i've ever read <laughs> <laughs> Thank uh, you. So, um, sorry sorry if i'm Matt- no <laughs> it's okay i i listen you could gas me up all day <laughs> that's our, that's our jobs really is to gas people up. We, we're really good at that, me and Matthew. Yeah. I um, really like doing it, but sometimes I feel like I feel like it's a bit much when I do <laughs> the only question do people think we're insincere when we're trying to be the most sincerest we can be? Yeah. Um sure. Matthew, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at infinite underscore rewind everywhere I want to be. Um generally that's Twitter and Instagram, uh, but twitter i I'm, I'm pretty i'm i'm pretty freewheeling with how i post i don't i try hey, not to the show. I, I, try, I try not to uh, yeah you see what i did there um i try not to keep it to any one thing probably because my interests are so varied so if you if you do give a follow uh you're probably not going to hear the same thing twice at least not quickly uh but if you are happen if you happen to be in the uppercut discord that's one of my favorite places to be so yeah um matthew also has a show with oh uh, crap i forget my <laughs> own stuff with, uh, <laughs> you want to continue yes I, I yeah i host two other podcasts uh one that i'm in the midst of editing right now so why i forgot that who knows um it is free reeling it where a mutual friend of Jesse and mine, I believe Grace as well, uh, Caroline. Um, we basically choose a art or an artist or a musical genre and come up with an eight song playlist to bring us from a negative mood to a positive one. It's not medical advice, but we try and have fun with our own little coping mechanism. And the other one I host is called Story Route Zero. Uh, we where three friends and I, Moose, Michaela, and Jason, all talk about video games we're playing. And you can it's find really me. Fun. Oh yeah, you can find me everywhere on uh, the internet at Sleeper of the Bed. If you want my personal stuff, I have another show called Why Comics. You can find that at Why Comics Pod on Twitter. Um, very interesting episode today with uh, that I just recorded today. That sorry up though uh, with uh, Chip Zardesky, man who writes uh, Daredevil and a bunch of other stuff. Um, yeah, that that conversation turned very interesting at the very end. Um, so if you want to know what that means, check that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> next week, because we're doing weekly for December, so when you hear this next week, we will be putting out 
the the one for my pick of favorite Christmas movie, which is uh, Batman Returns. So very much hell yeah, <laughs> Jesse Core on that. Yes, true, but yeah, uh, I mean, I well, I, I was about to be like great movie, but I haven't seen it in like ten years. But uh, it's still fantastic. Sure it Pro- probably one yeah. of, the, if not the best uh, superhero movies, it's still like top three for me yeah. at least. Nice. Um, yeah. It, Anyways, uh, but uh, Matthew, who does our theme song? Um, my buddy Jason. He goes under the name Dead Eye. That's D E A D dash the letter I, all capital letters. And he has an album out. It's now available everywhere. Uh, I believe you could search uh, his his name, Dead Eye, and the album title is Bloodshed Kingdom. It's I know it's on Spotify. I know it's on Bandcamp. I'm pretty sure it's everywhere you could possibly want to purchase music. So support a support a, a, a indie artist. Um, it's all instrumental reggae, all done by one dude. And Jason will never tell you this, but he's very, very talented and very good at it. And I, I think more people should listen to it. Um, if you take the chance to listen to that i would also recommend the album that he was a part of prior uh with uh the hope street steppers that's the artist name album is called black lightning another album full of instrumental reggae but it's definitely not the uh reductive you know one drop rhythm upstrokes on the guitar and and horns they they go some places and they they do a lot of cinematic stuff and that's not just the song titles that are referencing movies um check those out they're very wonderful and uh thank you to jason for doing our theme song and lastly you can find this show on twitter at free reeling it and you can email us about anything you want to talk to us about movie wise at freewheeling at gmail.com and that is all uh watch more movies about faith by people who aren't making the movies to do propaganda about their faith Yeah.